of Atlantis was an island which lay before the great flood in the area we now call the Atlantic Ocean. So great an area of land that from her western shores those beautiful sailors journeyed to the south and the North Americas with ease in their ships with painted sails. To the east Africa was her neighbor, across a short strait of sea miles. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonized the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas, in all legends from all lands, were from fair Atlantis. Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out ships to all corners of the earth. On board were the twelve. The poet, the physician, the farmer, the scientist, the magician, and the other so-called gods of our legends. Though gods they were, and as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis! show number 58 so this is how Steph and I met a little bit you know he was coming back from California after his investigation and possible movie for a uh, discovery that he's going to explain and we met in Chicago and we became friends roughly about four or five years ago exactly so, right yes. Steph tell us a little bit about what you what you were doing out there and right well initially in December of 2007 I was looking for an idea for a new screenplay to write. I had written a couple of screenplays, and I came across this story. It was a book on the Internet. It was uh, Mount Shasta, Mystic Mountain, written by an Emily A. Frank. And what, Where is Mount Shasta? Well, Mount Shasta is in Northern California, 60 miles away from the Oregon border. So it's way up way in up the north, uh, northern right. interior. Right. Beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, the backdrop of the book is Mount Shasta, but what piqued my interest was... Uh, a man who claimed to be J.C. Brown said, well, he was prospecting up in the, uh, the Cascade Mountain area, range area. He came across an unusual rock basalt foundation. Being a geologist by nature, he thought that the, the rock looked kind of odd. So after digging it out, he found out that it led to a cave into a tunnel, which led uh, 13 miles underneath this mountain, which is Mount Shasta, where he found what he called a village with streets, round houses. And in the first room that he went into, he found weaponry that we don't even have today. Spears, knives, streamers. 
He kept looking around. All of a sudden, he came to another room, and there was 27 skeletons in it, sizing from six and a half to ten feet tall. Some big man. Yeah. Under a giant. Uh, yeah, exactly. Under so, a giant relatives. So now he's in this village. He's in his roundhouses. He's going from building to building. And then they go into this other building, which he says he told was a shrine room. And in that shrine room, uh, there was... Uh, a king and queen in ornate robes, he believed, which were the leaders of this civilization. That they were, you know. They had their own kind of like own room. Kind yeah, of. they had their own room. It was like you know, like, like like the Egyptian with the pyramids type right. type of a thing. So here, this man finds all this. They cover it all up, and he goes back uh, to Mexico and uh, makes subsequent trips back up to Mount Shasta. You know how many trips he made? He made 13 trips. Wow. Made 13. And uh, it was amazing. But what, when I first got the legend, I only knew what I what I read in the, in the book. But I, I wanted to contact the Stockton Record newspaper in California. And they said, well, you should contact the police because you have a missing persons report. So I contacted the Stockton Police Department. I said, I want to solve the puzzle. What are you talking about? Well, I believe I, I know who the man who showed up in 1934 was, who lectured in your town for six weeks, who mysteriously disappeared. They go, well, that, that, that disappearance story has been closed. That case has been closed. I says, well, I'd like to help you solve it. You want to reopen it. You want to reopen it. So they said, well, you need to contact the Stockton Record newspaper, which I did, and they got me in touch with a Michael Fitzgerald. After Michael Fitzgerald heard me explaining about a little bit about the story, he says, well, how did you get the original story from 1934? Because it's never been out. You know, we never re reproduced it after that. I talked about it, you know, briefly, but I never divulged all the things that were in it. But how do you know as much as you do? I said, well, I just know that I, what I know. And, uh, and I told him who I believed it was. I didn't tell him why I believed it. He says, well, I'm going to send you a PDF file of the actual 1934 article. I said, great. So now he sends me the article, and this is like in April of 2008, and I'm, I'm reading it. I go back to the library, and I says, you know, I got clues. I had about six clues in there. I said, I'm going to spend two weeks in this library and run down these six clues that I have. And at the end of that time, either it's a fact or it's fiction, or I have a screenplay for a movie. So what I initially thought, Alan, well, this guy was a maverick coming into town and to steal people's money, you know. And uh, Yeah, understandable. Because in the article, mm. the newspaper article, and I had it, people were selling their possessions because they believed in this old British gentleman that he was going to help them find treasures that were lost, you know, from antiquity. So I said, you know, there's got to be something to this. So when I was able to figure out who uh, John Benjamin Body was, once I got to the border crossings, I realized that he and Lord Cowdery were real people. And I said, well, why did I have such a hard time finding out about Lord Cowdery? Well, he was knighted in 1916. And when this all happened, it was like 1904 when they first went over the border to make this discovery. He wasn't knighted yet. So he wasn't knighted yet. So his border crossings was as Sir Wheatman Pearson and not Lord Cowdery. Once he was knighted, I was then able to see his records coming into Mexico or United States with his knighted ship uh, as his title in the, in the passage on the manifest. Now I knew I had a bullseye. And so what I had to find was, was interesting is that 
this hole in the wall. If, if, if this rock is like Indiana Jones type rock that leads to a, a something, and there's this giant artifact. I want the giant artifact. I want to know about the giants, because if there's right. giants at the beginning, I want to know. So now I had this information. You mentioned man was looking for him too. Yeah. WWE. <laughs> so now at the point, I said, you know, I think I have to make a trip out to Mount Shasta. So I do, aim with the information I had. And I was lecturing at the college. And uh, while I was there, uh, the group from the St. Germain Foundation talked to me afterwards. And they said, you know, you're very right, young man, about what, what you, uh, you're divulging. So one of their members said, what is it you're looking to do? I'm looking to see this rock formation. I explained what I was looking for. Well, I think you, I know what you're looking for. So I was invited onto the property to see it. Now, I didn't jump over a fence. I didn't take people over there. I was invited. So now I get to see this rock, unusual rock, which I just showed you. And when you see it, it looks like it's out of Indiana Jones movie, which I showed you. And uh, I knew something happened here. But when I was able to place John Benjamin Body and Lord Cowdery at this resort, the Shasta Springs Resort there in 1904, I figured out how these men came to see this unusual rocks uh, formation and why the secret is remained secret because it's on private property. But on consequent trips, they went back and forth, back and forth. But the key for me was to figure out, okay, I got to come out here. And I did come out to California. When I came out, some, they would, I was told by the St. Germain Foundation after lecturing, you know, you're on the right track, but if you keep your mouth shut, we'll share secrets with you. You know, you, you know about the... Uh, the of secrets. Well, that's what, I, that's what I never got to find out because what he said to me is, but you have to keep a secret as to what you know. And if you, you can do that, and we will give you the information. You can be, be a member of our secret society. Secret society, I asked. Secret society, it is. I said, what if I don't want to join? <laughs> the funniest answer you'll ever hear me say. He says, well then, we're not going to make it easy for you. And St. Germain is going to burn your ass. Now, I'm looking like, St. who? You know, St. Germain. Huh? How about St. Aloysius or St. John or Baptist or... St. Germain, St. Germain, and he's told me, you need to take this seriously. And I said, gee, this is interesting how I would get like a backhand threat. Should, should have brought some bodyguards out there, you know? Well, right after that I did. I had uh, Eric and this other fellow whose name I'm going to drop. But uh, I would go out with them. We'd go uh, surveying stuff. And Eric says, don't worry, Steph. He goes, I, I got a gun. I'll blow their balls off. You know? and so <laughs> I went out after that. You know, somebody was packing. But... You know, I didn't take highly to being threatened. So after that, I get contacted by a man. He says, I got a map for your map. And I said, gee, that's, that's the rock. That's where I was just showing this. I knew pe people started giving me information. Then somebody says to me, check your email. Okay. And I get a message from someone that, a man and his daughter had walked by this unusual rock with soil foundation and a large Lemurian came out of the back there over seven feet tall and speaking the British accent said, you have just found the back door to underground civilization. Tell us, would you like to come in? I'm like, I got to meet this guy. It wasn't the back door to Motel 6, was it? No, no, it wasn't back door. No. Okay. You know, right now, I think Motel 6 is negotiating a contract for, for Kamala because uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a speakeasy, you know. 
So no, once you come in, you don't come out though. That's the only right. unfortunate thing. Motel. But so here it is now. I know I'm on a bullseye. So I meet the man in uh, Dunsmuir, and we I'm interviewing him with the crew I had. And uh, matter of fact, I put that put that show up on YouTube there. And uh, but what he comes to say is basically, you know, that uh, he had the encounter with this tall. Uh, figure uh, who uh, appeared to be a Lemurian who said, you know, you've just found the back door to uh, a civilization. So I knew after that that, you know, nobody drives from San Francisco up to, you know, five hours up to where we were in Dunsmere to share a story about Too bad you didn't know Guido and Luigi then. Exactly. I, I know them now. Yeah, and, uh, well, next time we go, you can bring them with us. So now here it is. I realized I must be on to something because this man drove five hours to meet me. So after that, I'm looking all around Mount Shasta for more possible entrances because now I know something, you know, I'm, I'm onto something. And I was told after that, you know, next time I came to town, uh, which was, uh, I, I came with a film crew and I went to Stockton, California, and I filmed Mike Fitzgerald. And he was surprised that I show up in a film crew in his office to talk about the legend. At that point, he gave me credit for, for figuring out the legend. But what I figured out is through uh, genealogy and uh, records of uh, travel that John Benjamin Body really did work for Lord Cowdrey Mining Company. And his wife had relatives there in Stockton, which placed him right there at the time to be there for the meetings for six weeks in Stockton, California. So that was my ability to be able to, to nail it shut, where I, I proved that, you know, once and for all, the man of the legend was not J.C. Brown. He was John Benjamin. It wasn't Bob. a myth. That was real. It was real, yeah. So J.C. Brown was who, really? J.C. Brown was really John Benjamin Body. He was a civil engineer that worked for 40 years, one company for the Lord Cowdrey Mining Company of England. He was an engineer, and I found him in a stationary engineer's book. And there's his photo. I had his photo. I had Cowdrey and all of his uh, lieutenants that, that built his business. But... The man I had to find out, it was interesting, had to be worth $40 million at the time of uh, 1934. And he was. He was he was worth that. Right. They, they, they uh, struck oil when they were building the Tijuana Peck Railroad in uh, Mexico. Can you give, give us some oil to Joe Biden right now, please? Because yeah. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> well, they, they struck oil there while he was building this railroad to connect the in the Pacific for, for the Atlantic, I mean for the Gulf, so that way they beat the Panama Canal by 12 years, and that's where the British got their stronghold in Mexico for the goods. Mm -hmm. So as a reward, John Benjamin Body struck oil, and he became a multimillionaire for the Lord Cowdrey Mining Company, and uh, the man who shows up in 1934 who claimed that he had been uh, arrested, uh, picked up before by the Pinkerton, which was uh, the, the Amtrak-type police, he said if they knew who he was, you know, he might not be alive because he was a multimillionaire. So the man I found was ultimately worth $40 million in 1934. So, you know, when you hit on all those cylinders, it is what it is. But the big thing was, for me, later on, hiring a private detective and figuring out that there is a tie to banks in Laredo, Texas. So there is money in a bank right now. So this is the first segment of... The Mystery of Mount Shasta. We'll be back with segment number two in a few minutes with some bumper music. We'll have segment number two 
show number 58, Steph's accomplishments.